Support for this podcast comes from UCSF Medical Center. UCSF Medical Center is ranked the number one hospital in California by U.S. News and World Report. UCSF Health, redefining possible. Yes, yes, hello, and welcome to the penultimate episode of A Buck's Sake for episode for season one. My name is Jason, I am the host of A Buck's Sake. Joining me after a couple of weeks off, he was in Noosa for a little while, is Dave. Hello, Dave. Good evening, Jace. I will not be doing a Brisbane away trip again for a very long time. Heartbreak. We had a heartbreak-themed episode last week to coincide with the heartbreak that we suffered against Brisbane Raw. What was the trip like? Uh, look, I was up there for family, as you know, but um, the game itself was just pretty turgid, dull affair for the most part. And then, of course, you know, towards the end there, a roller coaster of emotions, you know, from uh, ecstasy to despair in a matter of moments. So, yeah, I'd rather not talk about it much more. I will right, we'll press on. Uh, Buds this week, the man of the people is away. He was he's sick. He lost his voice at the Anzac Day game, I believe. He was shouting and hollering far too much, and he lost his voice, and he couldn't couldn't back up for an episode this week. So unfortunately, but his he, wife is happy that he can't talk at the moment. His wife is a Collingwood fan as well. Yeah. They went to the game together. We're obviously AFL fans. So we like to talk about AFL as well. But they went to the AFL game. Uh, Buds got sick, and now he's not here. Uh, this week, joining us though, we called for reinforcements. Yeah. Thankfully, Santo, who was on our uh, podcast a few weeks ago, put in a good word for us. And we must also thank Pauline from Working Dog as well. She's been working tirelessly to get this, you know, teed up and things like that. Our guest today, I would say, it's fair to say our guest today is a media mogul. I've got this written down here. This is what he's, this is what he's doing right now. This is just what you're doing right now. So if I look at this... You wake up in the morning, you turn on the radio, you're listening to Nova Breakfast, Sam Pang is on there. You're watching Eurovision, Sam Pang is on there. Uh, you're watching Channel 10, Have You Been Paying Attention, Sam Pang is on there. Uh, if you're watching Friday Night Football, if you're an AFL fan, Friday Front Bar, Sam Pang is on there with Mick Beloy and Annie Ma. Um, also, if you're on Facebook, um, there's a little web series through the Carlton Football Club called Driving with Sam Pang, where Sam Pang drives around with um, notable Carlton legends and, and shoots a, shoots the shit with them. And if I if I was to turn on the TV right now, yeah, aren't you supposed to be on TV right now? If I was to turn on the TV right now, you are you are literally on TV right now on Family Feud, a special edition of Family Feud. Sam Pang, welcome well, to For Fuck's Sake. I was just wait, I was just waiting for my intro uh, to finish, Dave. <laughs> but thank you very much, Chase. I appreciate that. Yeah, all that's, and yet you say all that, and yet amazingly, I have time to be here. You must be exhausted. What's it like waking up at what? What do you wake up at four o'clock in the morning? Four thirty. I've got to be careful because. Um, I know that the the show I do with Jonathan Brown and Chrissy Swan, yep. as you kindly mentioned on Nova, is on from six till nine. Mm-hmm. But I don't actually start till seven. Oh, okay, okay. I don't get up. Mm. I don't get that up that up that early yeah. too hard to so, listen. So I, I, uh, you know, it's quite. Mine's quite a civilized um, 
morning. I get up at six. Not too bad. That's so the okay. other two, the other two, who hopefully they won't <laughs> listen to this, I, they get up at four thirty. Yeah, they, so they do the first hour, then you chime in for the rest of it. That's yeah. that's a pretty that's good a sweet gig. gig. It's very mm. nice. So it allows me to come out late on a Wednesday night to come here and. And, uh, and be on your podcast, Yeah, we're boys, worried about that. I thought, you know, I didn't want to offer you coffee or anything like that because I thought you might have to get up early, but it's great to have you on. And also you're decked out in a victory kit. Is it Richard Kitzbickler on the back of Kids that? Kitzbickler's on the back The uh, for, uh, you know, all those long-term Melbourne victory fans, the inaugural season, Olympic Park. There were so many highlights. Um, Richard Kitzbickler, uh, his season. He, the first goal scorer ever for the victory. Little yes. trivia question. What's and he doing now? He's, Do we know? Uh, uh, went back to Austria, Austria? and you know, yeah. lapped up the attention that the becoming a Melbourne Victory yeah. goal scorer <laughs> offers yeah. you. Oh, he can't walk. He, he went back a national hero. I think yeah, it was just, I assume so. So um, I've got that on. And I'm also as a special – well, it was, was – I thought, what, am I, what can I do for the boys? Because, you know, you told me you had Santo on and Santo said he had a good time. And, you know, yep. it's hard when you come on after an icon, you know, after a, 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 you know, a legend of the of – Australian television and comedy. So I'm wearing the cap that, if you watched uh, Sano Samanet's Total Football, yeah. they used to have this ridiculous segment called How's the Misses? <laughs> yes. Right? And this was the cap. Fellow, I've forgotten his name now. Well, Lawrence Mooney Lawrence used to Mooney, do it. Yes. But originally it was, you know, it was our segment, and then, yep. but it, then we realised that, you know, there's no one, I can't, I, Sando struggles with English <laughs> and uh, he couldn't do the accent. So it was like uh, we'd have special guests come on, put the cap on and then, you know, do the Cockney accent for um, all these misses. And so uh, this is the cap that was, that was worn then. So that's, you know. A piece of television history on your, ha- on your head. Do we have a Smithsonian? <laughs> uh, no, we do in Canberra, isn't it? The, uh, oh, really? The Senate for the... Uh, uh, National no, Archives. There's definitely, there's definitely something, something in Canberra. Like I went there on grade six camp. That um, I can't remember the name of it. It escapes me, but there's certainly something that's similar to the Smithsonian in Canberra. Just one day, so I'm maybe one day you, you never can... know. You never know. But thanks for mentioning all those credits too. By uh, the I way. did forget to mention Santo Salmonette as well, which is what football fans will know you best for. Um, and Santo, you know, talked a little bit about Santo Salmonette as well. Um, did he? What yeah, did he say? He said, no, he explained, he explained what happened to it and the fact that I guess you guys got a little bit tired in the, in the end of. Backing up every week during the summer when that's traditionally your he guys' time off. He said he wrote off. everything and all the jokes yeah. and you know. Well, no, he, something he did mention though. Yeah. He did mention that he I mean, was, was the right of reply. Jeff. He was obviously the one who who had the football history going back you know years and years to his birth. Ed Cavley was the the knowledgeable one. Apparently, the stats man and knows his world football a fair bit as yeah, well. And I right, suppose Jeff. you were just the the comedic sidekick. Eye candy. Yeah, yeah, man, just the. <laughs> You got you, you to keep the the women interested, don't you? I, you know, you know, every, if you, whenever that question comes up, I always, it's it's quite confronting because Santos' uh, bona fides are absolutely clear to see. Ed, uh, people sometimes surprised by Ed's. He loves you know the the Bundesliga and he's all over the Italian league. And, like, mm. and then it's like I, I those two. Are, it's like it's easy to see why they were on a football show. Yeah. And yeah, it's like they. Then I've got no r- r- great answer as to why I was on it. I was just, I was just lucky, th- uh, lucky to do it. I you're, love doing you're it. You're a but cosmopolitan just... guy, though. You're, you're, you're Eurovision. We haven't even talked about yet. Is, are we doing this as your life? 
We might. No, no, we no. could. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a victory podcast. Unfortunately, though, the season is kind of over. But we'll we'll talk about victory as well as as many different things. Uh, we do always go into with our guests the journey of how they become a football fan, and we just touched that a little bit. How did you become a football fan of victory? I suppose, and you're also a Liverpool man. Is that right? Yes, Liverpool man. So that was first, probably. You know, it's as a young um, kid at school. I reckon there was a world. There was you know a World Cup. There's a World Cup maybe in '86. Was Mexico. the one Mexico? Yeah, was Gary Lineker playing for England that, that year? Been. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember being at high school, and, and the World Cup was, you know, we had a lot of I had a lot of mates who were watching World Cup. Then there was the then there seemed to be that definitive first time when you go to a mate's house and watch the FA Cup. It's on late on a Saturday night, yeah. or something, and you go, oh yeah, we're, going, we're all going to watch the FA Cup. Go, oh cool. And so then um, that was it for a while. I used to keep an eye on the on the on the EPL. Yeah. And then, then Santo, no, then the victory came. Victory, victory came before came. Um, before the 2010 World Cup. And yep. so I was all in with four mates. And that's why we, we were members from day one. Yep. With... Uh, 2005, six, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. but Olympic Park. And then um, just the one season there. And then in 2010, Santo wanted to do this World Cup show. Yeah. Cup Fever on SBS every night of the World Cup. Yeah, that's that's a big big ask. And that's when he asked me to. He asked me and Ed to. I'm pretty sure he asked Ed to do it first, boys. But because uh, <laughs> <laughs> if Ed hadn't have done it, I'd not have all got the job. But um, yeah, that, so that's yeah, it's not a great story. Santo, I'm sure, would have told, you know. Great stories about the NSL in 1912 or whatever it was when he first. No, went yeah, there. he was, he was <laughs> quite knowledgeable about <laughs> yeah. the, uh, going back to what was who was he into? Well, he was quite pleased to mention that his mother only had to knit one top because <laughs> Collingwood and Brunswick Univenus were both black and white stripes. So that was something that he was quite chuffed about. I was always wondering where that tightness came from, and it's good to <laughs> it's good to know. You, it, I haven't listened to the podcast. You know, cards on the table. Yeah, were you two? Overly respectful of Santo. Oh, of do you course. Think? Yeah, know, really. Any yeah. regrets at the end that you probably should have gone a bit harder? No, I'm not sure. I'm always, I guess, always get starstruck. I mean, you might think you know Santo is just a mate of yours, but uh, we get a little bit starstruck. Yeah, we, um, Marty Buds, the other bloke who would normally Can't join us as a here. chef. Yeah, me. Seems either. lazy. I know. I would. The people's it, champion. Exactly. <laughs> He um he rolled out a big antipasto. Well, it wasn't that big. It was just <laughs> about the same size as the uh, bought package in front of you there from Brunetti's. But yeah. um yeah he um he went all out and grilled some peppers on a open flame and you know bocconcini. We and, have photos of this. Yeah. yeah. So today we just we just got a little uh, little box of Brunetti's, who's a Melbourne City sponsor. Is don't, that correct? Don't that. Yeah, we won't mention <laughs> that. But we we got a few macarons and uh, cannolis and things I'll like that. I'll get into them. I'll get into them. Santa wouldn't have eaten anything, would he? No, I know no. he, he had no, a few he things. The, he got the mozza balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah he stayed. He stayed a... back with us for about half an hour, polishing off the uh, the antipasto and, platter, and and had some good uh, yarns afterwards too. After the podcast mm. is over, he fi- he stayed a half an hour after dinner. Oh, we won't expect you to do that. That's I was fine. Say, I'm not going to do no, that. That's fine. <laughs> Just letting you know. He had a lot of Verduga uh, stories that he told us about after the uh, the podcast, which would have been great for on air. Going back to that thing, I, I haven't told you this story. Um, talking about being starstruck and you know. We've been doing this for about 30 weeks now. We've got a lot of, you know, big-name people on. You know, we're just, you know, amateur people. We've had, you know, Les Murray on. When I spoke to Les Murray teeing up the interview, I didn't want to offend him with the name of the podcast, which is for fuck's sake. It's a play on words. Victory has a little uh, nickname called Vuck. And, you know, obviously a play on words for fuck's sake. Okay. I I didn't didn't know that. I didn't want to... 
offend Les Murray and have him mishear what I said when I was turning out the interview like a few days before I gave him a call. And he goes, what's the name of the podcast? I go, oh, it's it's for victory's sake. And it's just um, I didn't want to offend him too much. So it's just interesting. You know, you don't want to – you get a bit starstruck with these people. You don't want to go all out. But today we'll – From his part of the world, though, I don't think he would have been too that's offended. True. That's uh, true. His origins? Yeah. I thought not, – not knowing the origins of – I thought it might have been a little tip of the cap to Danny Vukovic. That's what I originally thought, that you're big Vukovic fans. Are you a big Vukovic fan? Because on this podcast, we are not particularly big Vukovic fans. Uh, that's – I love that you're not. But <laughs> the, the only thing I'd say is when we got him – Yeah. I was pretty happy because I, I had admired his career from afar as, in, as a yeah. good keeper. And I thought, you know, and, and you know, with our keepers, they've been, you know, they either go to Europe or they, yeah, you know, they or, or you're out. not sure yeah. if they can, you know, if they've got both eyes. But Who um, will forget when Theo went to Europe and let in seven in his first game and never never played another game in Europe again? Do you remember that? Yeah, you, that can that happen. happen. That, that can happen, happen to anyone. Norwich, but there, yeah. was, there was Langerak who obviously did quite well in That's Europe. That's right. Um, but I thought, I thought Vukovic was going to, you know. Yeah. And it, well, he was was he all right this year? No, he no? wasn't. Which is why he ended the season on the bench. And yeah, maybe so, you know sometimes we just get these blokes too late. His good yeah. performances were few and far between, and there was just yeah some real moments where he let the team down. Um, distribution, or as we call it here, his distro was <laughs> lacking. Uh, yeah, yeah. So look, Lawrence Thomas. What else can be said about you know the last month or so? Well, he um, was a hit. You cannot. Mm. You know, you, you, you have to admire his patience. You know, he spent the entire season yeah. after a successful finals campaign last season, gets demoted, waits it out and ends up uh, being the hero again. My dad was, fur- was furious. He was a guest on the show a few weeks ago and he was furious that Lawrence Thomas didn't get a look in from round one onwards. But hopefully he's, he's uh, solidified that number one spot now and hopefully he doesn't um, head off to Sydney because I think that's the rumours going around well, I town. might have a... An update for you there oh, yeah, well, later on, now. mate. Let's, let's talk about what's on the podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk about a recap of the, the victory season, a, f- a few final thoughts because the A-League season is over. We touched briefly on a, a report card last week for each player, but Dave wasn't here, so he'll touch briefly on his thoughts um, about the season. We're going to talk about the squad changes. There's a few players coming out of contract, also a notable retirement this week as well. So we're going to talk about what our squad might look like next year. Uh, Member of the Week returns. Member of the Week uh, is a bit of a, a segment we do um, glorifying the time of Mehmet Durakovic and we have a member of the week, a bit of a, a dunce of the week somewhat. And Victory Secret, you've refused refuse to tell me what Victory Secret is this week. Yeah, so normally I'd uh, word you up before we start recording, give you an opportunity to dwell on what some of the news stories might be. And Decide this time I'm just going to throw... Come on the podcast. Yeah, this time I'm just going to throw a few, few things at you and okay. both of you and see what you think. So the shock on this end will be genuine, if, if it is good well, news. Oh, there's a few little tidbits to come through, boys. Yeah, we're also going to discuss the NPL a little bit. Uh, we're also looking ahead to the Champions League. It's a big match next week. One more game. Do or die. Yep. And I think when we talk about the season that's just gone, this game against Gamba Osaka really will be the, you know, barometer for how well our season has gone or hasn't gone. Very true. And then we'll also look ahead to what Vitry's got going on in the off-season with the International Champions Cup. We have a music theme each week, Sam, and given the fact that you host Eurovision, we thought we'd go with a Eurovision-type theme. And 
Really? The, the music theme is something we argue about the most on the podcast when we're putting together the show. Uh, myself, Dave, and also Buds will have a bit of a, an email back and forth about what, what music theme you know, is, is suitable for each week. And this is the one we deliberated most about and agonised about and argued about the most. And yeah. the thing we argue most about is whether ABBA should be included in the Eurovision theme podcast or not. And I believe it should be. But you said no. Sam? ABBA, ABBA of course, famously. Competed. How could you? How could your knowledge? It's not, you know. Oh well, it's not great. Yeah. But that's why I'm lucky because, much like with Santo and Ed, I've got Julie Zamiro over there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm never expected to. Um, I think I've quite nicely and rightly positioned myself as not an expert. If you watch the Eurovision yeah, uh, telecast, yeah. I'm not. I'm yeah. not your man for the facts and figures. But ABBA did compete, didn't they? In the seventies, yeah, yeah, they did. That's like, where they won their fame, where, isn't it? Right, yeah. that's right. So, uh, how can you leave, how could you leave them out? That's exactly I don't know. What I'm, I said. I'm a bit of a music snob. I just the whole notion of being associated with ABBA in between us talking doesn't sit well with me. But go right ahead. Eurovision 2016, not far away. I can give you. I don't know if you're up to date with it. I, I'm starting to just. They, this is this is seriously. They do like to not tell me much. They like to mm. keep me fresh until I get over there. But I try to sneak little. So the guy from Belarus, have you heard this? <laughs> no, I haven't. He wants to perform uh, nude. Oh well. On and we're on stage with two live wolves. Oh okay, that's fantastic. His, uh, so that's this might actually get me watching. Yeah, and my hope is that um, he is mauled to death. Um, <laughs> on stage and still finishes seventh. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, do Belarus have a good history in Eurovision? You know, have they ever come I up there? I don't think they've. Oh, see, well, I see, Dave. You know, facts and figures about Eurovision. <laughs> I know in the seven years I've covered it, they haven't come close to winning it. But my first ever Eurovision was special because the the my first ever backstage interview was with the guy from Belarus. The same guy. No. No, it's, oh, that, it's as a different person every year. Every year oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's a different see, person um, every yeah. year. Seven years nothing, ago. No, seven years ago, that. I got thrust into the backstage of Eurovision and got got put into the Belarus Bel- uh, Belarus's dressing room <laughs> and spoke to a guy called Peter Elfamov who was shirtless and didn't speak English. So that was my first... Yeah, I had a great time. You and have to love Europe, don't you? And while we were talking, I can confirm that ABBA won Eurovision 1974 with the smash hit called Waterloo. Yeah, I, you didn't know that. You had to look that up. I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Come on. So I suppose you weren't. We might as well. Then. We might as well intro the show with Waterloo. So you're listening to Vox Sake. This is Waterloo.
a sponsor of Avaxake is Ambrosia Forward Design, and you can find them at Unit 1, number 15, Assembly Drive in Tullamarine. And give Leanne a call on 9338 you got a sponsor. We have many sponsors. You'll hear, you'll hear awesome. them throughout the, the, uh, the show. I think we have three or four. Sometimes I can't actually fit them all in to every episode. So I do apologise to our sponsors who don't get wow. a look in every episode. You can't even just, fit in all your sponsors. I don't have enough time. No. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to get Nova on board as well, I think. Um, get some actual we cash are, behind the podcast. We are looking for sponsors for next year. We might do a secret sound on the podcast. You know, commercial radio, do little secret sounds. We can do, do a secret sound and people can call in. I don't know. I like you it, can yeah. do that one. <laughs> I like you think I'll be at Nova next year. That's that's. Uh, What's it actually? I've never asked an FM radio person. I've never had. I've never spoken to a commercial radio person. What's it like? Well, hold on, sh- Jace. If you'd spoken to me four months ago, would I've been? I'm not no. of FM commercials. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm You're not that guy. That's no. what I was going to say. I know you Just started. To be honest. You started He's done his hard yards at Triple R, mate. You started Triple R, which is just down the road from here uh, on Nicholson Street. That's right. What's it like working for? a... A place that has you know Justin Bieber going all day and things like that. I mean, you just you don't listen to it during the uh, the breaks. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> do you have to pump up Justin Bieber and the I, whole new no, track? I I have I somehow I'm very I'm well supported in there at the moment. They don't and my co-hosts and my bosses. Yeah, I don't think they they have high expectations of me. Yeah, uh, being. Um, Mr. Positivity about every. I know that you know that from an outside. I was like you. You look at at, yeah. at FM radio and you just think that. Every everything is just you know great. Yeah, yeah. But I I I really I think I thought I think that they realised early on that I wasn't going to celebrate everything yeah, about yeah. the show. Do you know what I mean so when the secret sound yeah was introduced <laughs> well, that's to our show? Legit. Yeah, that's a real right, thing. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's. Don't you, know, don't, you know, don't you know what secret sound no, is? No, mate. No, they play like a, like I a fraction of a second of the sound. I still listen to the stuff that he used to be on. You, you know? listen yeah. to Triple R still? Oh, on and off. Yeah. yeah. Well, the secret sound got introduced to our show, you know, like a month in. Yeah. And uh, obviously that is a – that is here's a little, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. That, that is no, nothing that the three presenters have to do yeah, with. That is just a decision made at yeah. commercial law. And so when the secret sound got introduced out of the 8 o'clock news, I said, oh, that's that's great. Yeah, cool. I'll be having a guess every yeah. day at what the secret <laughs> sound is. And they go, oh, okay, cool. So my first guess was – uh, is that the sound of the program director running out of ideas? <laughs> uh, they said no, that wasn't yes. it. Then the next every day, it's, I've had a similar guest like that. So the one yeah. I liked was the one I was most proud of was I, I want to have another guest. At the Secret Sound they play the Secret Sound. Yeah. I said, is it the sound of one of our listeners turning over to Triple M? <laughs> <laughs> so Fantastic. that is what they're going to get, uh, boys. That's what they get from me in the morning. Sticking it to the man, you have to admire that. Absolutely. We're going to chat about Melbourne Victory season. Last week we did a report card on each player, but we didn't discuss the season at large. We actually copped a little bit of flack about saying that Kevin Musket received a somewhat of a pass mark for, for finishing six and getting knocked out in the first week. I don't think we were saying that at all. Well, I'll ask Sam first. Would, would you classify the season as a, as a success or a failure? I think uh, I'm with Dave. I think it'll, it'll depend on our... Uh Asian uh, Champions, Champions League, League uh, result because if we win it, that that that's season will be good. fine. Yeah, but um, domestically, well, it'd have to be a have to be a fail. Yeah, we won it last year. Um, if the, to me, the season had that feel of off the back of last year, which was really just a party. Do you know what I mean? It was just so much. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Yeah. This year, it just felt like we were. You know, we you thought we were going to get it together. You thought we were going to get together, and then history will just show. 
that you these teams never get it to get together. You know what I mean? No one, no one sneaks in or finishes fifth or sixth wherever we finished, and then just goes bang in the. That's finals. the funny thing. You know, in the lead up, we said anyone could win it this year. Anyone from the top six, and here we are, yeah. we're heading to a grand final where it's first versus second once yeah. again. Home ground advantage, massive in finals. Uh, the history thing is is one thing that is a constant. You have to look at what's happened in previous seasons. You also have to look how, and I've mentioned this several times, you have to look at how hard it is to back up after having a successful season. Only Brisbane have done it. So once in the entire history of the A-League has somebody come out and kept a hold of the, the silverware. So it could, could easily be a supporter sitting here saying, yeah, yeah, but, you know, if we'd just held on for five minutes against Brisbane, yeah. we would have we would have gone through. Then we would have played Western Sydney, who we beat 2-0, you know, four yep. weeks ago. And then we could have done it. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But the, you just, if you think about the season, it was so predictable that we were never going to... We were never going to get that's there. that's pretty pretty poignant as well. It was a season of what ifs. You know, what if we held on against? You know, what if that goal? <laughs> what was if Valeri against, didn't get injured? Yeah, what if that goal against Melbourne City was awarded that Fink was scored? Stuff like that. What if Jim Magilton was still coaching? You know, like <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many what ifs. There is. You know, what well, I think Santo made that same jo- same joke. He's a big fan of Magilton as well. <laughs> <laughs> we love Magilton. We we I know you've got. He the... called him the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> We loved Magilton so much. We loved him. Is there a backstory to the love there, or no? I think I seriously think it's as as, as simple as uh, Santo just likes saying his name. Who do you love seriously. more? Because we've seen you hugging Ange Postacoglu. Who's your favourite Melbourne Victory manager? There's, there seems like a kindred bond between you and Postacoglu. Yeah, but he was, he just wasn't in charge for that long, was he? That's true. It's a fleeting romance, wasn't it? I only I'm I'm a bit bi- you know I I'm biased. I go on how well they were for our show in terms of generosity and and was unbelievable. He came yeah. on the, he came on the show you know whenever he was in town and Kevin was really good. He the, he did some stuff on the phone for San Jose Minnesota football, but then he came in once and it was like yeah. it was so good when you got him in the studio. So um, and just even let you um, make some toilet humor about him. That's well. Once again, those Santos, you know, this is silly. Oh, so that that was just, his just a silly old man with okay. these giant props. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's all his career is, by the way. Um, I know you two are too respectful, but uh, so yeah, it's but and and yet uh, in saying that, my favourite manager would still have to be Magilton. That was fleeting as well, though. He, he came for a little bit. He promised so much, and then he delivered. He promised nothing. so he much. Delivered it was unbe- it's unbelievable. He was our first like foreign manager. Obviously, Ernie Merrick was from Scotland, but he was our first, you know, foreign manager. They flew him in from overseas, and everyone thought this was going to be. Yeah, he was at Ipswich, you know, yeah. reasonably. We we're turning big a corner. Club. We we're yeah. turning a corner, and then bang, nothing happened, unfortunately. But back on to our year, uh, Dave. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, look. Um, I'm a big picture guy, as you know, and that theme of how hard it is to back it up keeps coming to the fore of my thoughts. But the other thing is, too, the the amount of change that we had in the squad was pretty minimal. So we didn't refresh much. We kept the same players. People figured us out. As the season progressed, it was obvious. The formation, the way in which we tried to, you know, attack both sides with Kalfala and Barbarousas last season, which we did with such great effect last season just wasn't as effective this time around. And we had Milligan in the middle of the park last season too. So, look, I think when you factor everything in, the sixth position is about right for how our season went. Yeah. Um, And, look, 
Champions League. We've never progressed out of the group stage. It really is all about next Tuesday night. Yeah, it's a very big game next Tuesday night. I feel like teams figured us out from the first game almost. It was almost as if Cal Fowler was nullified straight away. Um, he came out in the media in the last few days and said he was struggling with an ankle injury for most of the season, which may go a ways to explaining why his form was so down on the year. Um, changes. There are going to be changes this season. We're going, yep. We've got a chance to re-energise the list. Well, the um, big news is, of course, the retirement yesterday of, of Del Matthew Delpierre. Were um, you shocked by that, Sam? I thought he was going to go around again. It looked like the signs were good that he was going to sign another year contract and go around one more time, but he pulled the, uh, the pin yesterday. Well, I'm with you boys. After listening to you boys, I think that, um, yeah, it's not a surprise for me. I think playing uh, in front of Danny Vukovic for a whole season will... <laughs> That will probably end anyone's career. Do you know what I mean? He I, still I, might wake up with nightmares back in Germany once he returns. <laughs> that's just wake uh, up in a cold sweat. I got to be honest, I can't believe he made it. You know, until now, like that's uh, yeah. that's. Uh, but he was great. He was great for us, wasn't he? A lot of people are saying best best player to ever wear a Melbourne Victory shirt. I think that's a big call. I'd put him in my top three, though. While we're here, what, what are your top three? If you're my top three yeah. over the course of the you know ten, eleven seasons, whatever yeah. it's been. Um, and in no particular order, Carlos Hernandez, Archie Thompson, Matthew Delpierre. Would you agree with that, Sam? Uh, absolutely not. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I'll be going with uh, Rashid Leand- Mahazi, Leandro, Leandro Love, <laughs> uh, Ricky Diaco. Oh. And then. Ricky Dino. <laughs> has to be Ricky Dino. We got him on a marquee wage and he did nothing. He scored one goal. Ricky that Dino. was a I'll, very lucky I'll thing. S- I'll see your Ricky Dino and <laughs> raise you Claudinho. Yes. There you go. So that's my top three. No, that, that, those three uh, Hernandez, Thompson, Archie, Delpia. Yeah, I'd have Good three. friend of the I pod, like. Milbury, threw the name of Adama Traore into the mix as well. That's true. I think Adama Traore. Don't forget Fred. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but it was just one season and, yeah. then, and then he. Departed for I that other mob. I think as far as playing pedigree goes, Del Pierre is the most esteemed player we've ever had play for Melbourne Victory. Yep, if captain of a you know German Bundesliga Champions League winning side. Yeah. Side, you know, um, Bundesliga winning side. That's right. You know, in terms of sheer credentials, football credentials, he was right up there. Mm. I'm excited though about you. Know, like you said, the list is turning over. So Barbarus is going and Finkler's going. Del Pierre's going. Three foreign spots. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just back. Hopefully the club in grabbing you know three new names that we're going to love and all be as good as those three. That's, and that's, that's the exciting. thing as well. Kevin Musket made some really good signings prior to the season before the, the championship winning season. I think out of the championship winning season, maybe five or six of those players were his signings in the, in the first eleven. So I believe I'm, I'm very critical of Musket's game day tactics, but I think his his scouting is is quite. Is quite good, and I, I back him to to produce something. Yeah, we've said it a couple of times here. His signings um, have arguably been, if no, not arguably, they have been better than Ange's signings. So, I mean, I know he was only here at the helm briefly, but pound for pound, Kev has brought in better personnel. Yeah, yeah. Possibly wasn't that good. He signed Leandro Love, unfortunately. No, didn't, no. Jonathan Brew, I'm thinking. Jonathan Brew. Yeah. Leandro Love as well before. Brew. Speaking of raising the ante on uh, shit players we've had over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may have just topped it there. Yeah. I'd even forgotten. I'm it. all in on Jonathan Brew here. Jonathan Brew was, all my excluded, chips was excluded from the playing group for a period of time. He couldn't train with a group. He was that bad. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember? I think he was a winger called Callaway. 
Yeah, yes. yeah. He was a backpacker. And he was... In, uh, yeah, the, that's right. He was a backpacker. <laughs> the Welsh <laughs> backpacker. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And he used to get the ball and just yeah. run down the side. But he would have... There was just... There was nothing more certain that he was going to lose the ball at the end of his run. Yeah. Because he was just exhausted. So like Connor Payne then? <sighs> yeah. Wow. I went there. Sorry. Yeah. Let me ask you about <laughs> players coming off contract, excluding Barbarossa's Finkler and Del Pierre because we know they're all off. Let's just ask Sam because we've said enough. Yeah, I'm going to ask you, Sam. Weeks, yeah. There are not that many players left who are coming off contract, but I'll ask you about a few players. Dylan Manane, do you know enough about Dylan Manane to know if he's going to get another gig? No. Not really. No, I don't think he'll get another gig. Jesse Macarunas, now this is a point of contention on the podcast. We don't believe he does that much. What yeah. would your thoughts be? Probably with you there. Yeah. Uh, Archie Thompson, this is a good topic to ask you on. We said he's obviously in the top three players ever of Melbourne Victory history. He's gunning for another contract. Now, you're an AFL fan. There's this old you know, saying, one year too late or one year. If you go on one year, it's one year too late or whatever. Um, do you think he, if he signs another contract that's perhaps one year too many for Archie? How did he go this year? One goal from not many appearances. He scored one goal this year. He got injured early on and, of course, missed a large chunk of the season but just didn't seem to be the same again when he did come back. A few bit part roles here and there. What have you heard, boys? He's gunning for another contract. He wants another contract. Yep, that's confirmed. I I guess from a business point of view, considering the the different rules and things like that with the salary cap, it won't cost that much to keep him. I think a lot of his uh, wage will be outside the, the salary cap. I feel as though if you've got this opportunity to re-energise a list, maybe we just cut ties with a few of the old boys and try and let's let's move forward. Let's stop living in this past. Let's try and move forward and, and sign some new players and, and get on with it. I think it'd just be interesting if, he's, if, he, if he'd be well um, suited or happy to accept a reduced role. Like, you know, it's not, it's not like he's going to start next year or he's not going to play any more than he did this year when he was fit. So yeah. it's almost I think he struggled with that because he's, he's had that kind of role for the last two seasons and I think he's always struggled with that, that coming off the bench role. Yeah, look, Archie, Archie's history and contribution to the club is, you know, unquestionable. You know, mm-hmm. you can't even, you know, we, we were talking about a statue on this podcast we were. a few weeks back. And, um, look, it, it's with a heavy heart that I'd say that, you know, it's, it's time for the club to move on. And that's a really tough conversation that Kev's probably going to have to have. That's the unfortunate thing. It's, it's probably going to force Kevin to have that conversation with him one way or another or another. That he's going to say, you know, maybe it's time you gave it up which is a hard thing to say with someone you've played with for so long, shared a lot of great moments with over the course of the club history. Um, that's going to be a tough tough moment for Kev. I'll ask you as well, do you know much about Giancarlo Galafoco? Do you know much about him? Not at all. No. Does he play for us? He does play for us. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's a really? bit of a, uh, a Vuck's sake favourite because we have this segment which is coming up in a second called Member of the Week where we celebrate a few... People who do funny things and, and weird things. Giancarlo Galafoco is a fringe player at Melbourne Victory, but he loves the freebie. He loves the social media freebie. I'm sure you're in a position as well as of, of this where companies may come to you and say, we'll give you something for free if you give us a tweet or an Instagram post. I think companies know better, Chast. Well, they don't even bother. Well, they go to Giancarlo Galafoco, who's had maybe a handful of, of appearances. For He's, all in, is he? He's all in, He's all in. 
I love him already. Nike, Fitbit, PlayStation, he does it all. He does. <laughs> even, even if the company's not asking him to do he's a freebie. He's going to come after you one day, mate. I tell you, he's a big he's boy. He's going to come after you with all that free stuff. And yeah. uh, he's really, look out. So, yeah, he's, he's, uh, his contract's coming to an end um, at the end of this season as well. Um, I'm on the fence about him. I think I think he um, should stay on. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a gap here now at cent- central defence with Del Pierre moving on. So, you know, the opportunity's there for him to take. Um, he hasn't been awful by any stretch. So, yeah, um, I guess there'll be other suitors though. I reckon. That's true. I think he could probably go back to Europe as well. He's playing in the youth leagues for Swansea, I think, of last check. Yeah, uh, before he came to victory. So there's lots of chance for us to revitalise that list. And we'll see what happens, I suppose. I'm in the excited. Next few weeks. I'm yeah. excited to see what Kev can do. Um, I really hope we look for an Asian player um, with a view to Asian Champions League football. That's a big point. Next isn't season it? or the season after, you know, an attacking midfielder, you know, from a Japan or a China or something like that, so that we can have that three plus one foreigner rule uh, work to our advantage. I think that's a really big point. We do need that, that plus one Asian player for the Asian Champions League. But at the same time, if you're going to go after a, a player from China, Japan, Korea, which is the main, the top leagues in, in Asia, I feel like their, their domestic leagues are just as good, if not better, than Australia. So I think the temptation for a, a foreign player to come from one of those leagues to Australia is not as... As much well, as well. Then let's be. think outside the box. Let's mm. go for, a, you know, uh, Uzbekistan or yeah. a, uh, one of these small Central Asian nations or even a Thailand or something like that. Another Surat Sukha. Whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, uh, we'll move on to Memet of the Week. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um... When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's. Memet Jurakovic. Before we get on to Mehmet, another sponsor of For Fuck's Sake is the Owl IT Services. You can give Peter a call on 1-800-843-695. Sam, if you ever have any IT issues, this man is the guy to call. Where? Who is it? His name is Pete. That's my notepad, which has got his yeah, number on there. Now so the Owl IT Services, yeah? Yeah, actually, this is good. Give yeah, yeah, you 1-800-843-695. Who do you ask for? Pete. Pete. You've got a personalised advertisement from Sam Pang. For all there your you IT services, think go you to better, the Owl. I think you better bump up his uh, sponsorship money. <laughs> yep, that'll be double next season, Pete. And I believe it is Greek yes, Orthodox Easter. Yes, Buds wanted to pass... The man of the people wanted to pass on his well wishes for Greek Orthodox Easter this weekend. Of which Pete is a big believer in, so I think he's celebrating this weekend. Member of the week this week, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about it. It did happen. It was in the papers. It was on the news. We don't brush over the uh, the big topics on the Buck's sake. We're going to give it to the small element of fans who started a fight with the South Melbourne Football Club fans at the NPL match on Sunday uh, against against South Melbourne. Uh, Buds wanted to say something. He gave you a little bit of something to say about he, he wanted to rant on this. Now, before I say, before we get into it, we're not, there, there are certain type of victory fans, I would say. There are victory fans who support the boys no matter what. There are active fans. There are corporates and things like that. There are ones like me who don't know the names of the, all the players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? You attend victory functions. You host victory functions. You should know who Giancarlo Galafoco is, I'm mate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we think that we are in the active fans. We're 
we're kind of in the know. We know people who get into this kind of shit. And unfortunately, this was something that was really uncalled for, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah, look, I want to make it really clear that we know with certainty that the people engaging in this sort of behaviour are a minority. Um, and I'm going to put it on the record, we know that they don't really care all that much about the football. Uh, and that for a lot of people, that it's, a, it's, it's purely about the thrill and, and the rush of living on the edge and being proper naughty, you know. And I just, you know, the problem is, though, that it's no longer good enough um, for, for the people, the rest of the people at the club, and specifically the leadership of the Northern Terrace in some respects, to just shrug it off and sort of say that we don't have any control over this or anything like that. The, 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 a line gets crossed every time, and this time, you know, we had an absolute abysmal scenario where, you know, middle-aged men uh, of who follow South Melbourne, who are scarfers and, you know, kit-wearing people, are yeah. attacked. And, you know, I think we're at a crossroads. You know, I think we, we, we seem to reach these sorts of crossroads every two or three seasons, but I think it's a bit more real now. Um, you know... Not that long ago on this podcast, we supported all of the protest movements that yeah. were happening with the Northern Terrace and everything like that. I think they're on their own now at the moment. Mm. And I think, you know, something has to change. Something has to give. And, yeah, it's, it's people have had enough of it. And that's a good point. You said that they attacked um, a few middle-aged people who support South Melbourne. I believe their crew is called the Clarendon Corner, which is a, a bunch of middle-aged men who one of them have a, has a trumpet. Is that right? Yeah, pretty you much. You can't you know, be that they're, notorious they're... when you have a trumpet as part of your crew. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have thought. So a whole bunch of young, you know, 18 to 23, 24-year-olds have jumped the fence and tried to start a fight with a bunch of people who really didn't want to go, f- weren't looking for a fight whatsoever. When you're part of a crew who are fighting for your banners to be um, displayed at victory games and then you have a bitch and moan about them not being displayed because of all these, you know, concessions that you deem to be overzealous and then this happens you don't really have any any ground to to stand on really yeah completely agree and look the man of the people couldn't be here tonight but he wanted to pass on a few a few words are you gonna do the buds voice i'm gonna do the buds voice i'm totally fine with people acting up pyro being dickheads but what went on at lakeside the other night was absurd what the new breed of the NT lad is doing is ruining a culture here in the city and terrace that has been evolving very well over the last 10 years. Owning a Fred Perry polo and a pair of Hamburgs does not make you a casual. Casuals in Europe have rucks with other mobs of casuals. We know that. It's been going on for ages. What casuals don't do is mob up on scarfers. The Clarendon Corner are maximum 20 blokes, middle-aged blokes who support South Melbourne Hellas and they have these blokes and they have a trumpet. To start a ruck against them at an NPL game represented by our youth side is absurd. To raid the tr- cleanest trolley and pelt bottles of bleach at another human who's not instigating a ruck is absurd. If you want to know why the club have banned your crew banners, look no further than this. It is you that is killing your own terrace. The past season, so many people have stuck their necks out for this game and the fans, the NT put out a statement after statement claiming injustice and have had nothing but support. Newspapers, Fox Sports, everyone has backed the fans. What the hell was the point of the other night? Can anybody explain what the point of that kind of behaviour was? And that was from Buds or from Guido Hatzis? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I really can't I've, pull I off the I haven't seen boats. him in the same room before, so perhaps he was Maybe. Greta Hudson's all after all. <laughs> we'll leave it there. That is this week's Memet of the Week. And next week in the final episode is Memet of the Year. So big moments for next week. Are we definitely giving up on Memet taking us to taking us to uh, through the uh, the Asian Champions League? If it, do that's you, do you think you can make like a Kevin Keegan-like return? <laughs> that was that was from memory that he was brought in, wasn't he, to, to take us to the he next was. level, wasn't he? Ernie Merrick wasn't doing good enough in Asian Champions League football, so they sacked him, brought in the youth the youth uh, coach, which is Mehmet Durakovic at the time. He was all he was all about the uh, the short sharp passing triangles, triangles, short sharp triangles. passing triangles, getting the ball in the back put of the, the ball net, in the back of the net. That's all he cared about. He did not, none of that. And Francis Awaratife was the director of football. Technical director. He had never done anything like that in his life. Um, it seemed like a, a dream team was assembled and unfortunately it was, it was, it was a very dark period of our, our football history. You, some of your some of the length of your podcasts are, are, are longer than the amount of time Francis Waratifi was at the victory. <laughs> Just thought I'd put that point there. Yeah. <laughs> right. we, be, we better skip along to the next segment, oh, which is Franny. Victory Secret. Victory secret. Another sponsor. Sorry, we don't mean to do sponsor, Jess. I'll do. The, I'll do. I'll get you to do the next one. Okay. Because this is a bit of a long one. Oh, which one is it? This is no fixed address walking tours. They are a social enterprise offering unique walking tours of Melbourne's inner suburbs. Uh, so you might be interested in this. You can tell a few of your mates about this, Sam. Uh, the tour guides are disadvantaged people trying to get back on their feet, and they will take you uh, through a part of Melbourne uh, that you haven't seen before with some stories that remain untold. So what they do is they do walking tours of uh, like Abbotsford and Fitzroy and stuff like that. Um, homeless people do these tours. They're like yeah. walking guides. Not homeless people, but people who are disadvantaged. So it's a it's really good uh, company, and we're we're backing them. And uh, it's run by one of our friends, Wayne, and his his lovely girlfriend, Joe. So get behind it. You can find them on No Fixed Address Walking Tours on Facebook or nfacitytours.com. Um, I've been done, I haven't been on many podcasts, but the uh, the ones I have don't have as many sponsors as you. Boys, We're cashing in. That out. We had to pay for this equipment. We, we started with no equipment. We borrowed equipment from people. It's and great. We had to pay for the equipment somehow. Dave, hit me with a victory secret. Okay. Got got six a, got a, got a, I've got, got a few things I want to throw at you. We've already sort of covered off on a couple of things. But yep. to start off with, everyone loves talking about the future Melbourne Victory Academy. And yep. I've been hearing that Footscray is being looked at as the site and location of the new academy, specifically somewhere around Footscray Park. And if you don't know where that is, it's this uh, huge parkland area sort of nestled in between Victoria University and the Flemington Racecourse. Footscray is becoming a very gentrified area these days. Very Was nice central location. Mm. Did, San, did you bring this up for, uh, for during Santo's episode? No, no, this no, is, no, this is, this is stuff, unprecedented oh, okay, news, mate. If you bring up Footscray, it's always good to know that Santo owns about half of it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, always, it's good to remember that. Is it him or Lou Intelligi that owns... No, that's Brunswick. Lou okay, Brunswick, yeah. yeah. Um, look, an, another bit of news relates more to transfer stuff and apparently Ooh. the club are trying to offload Danny Vukovic. I did hear this Alternatively, one, Alternatively, yes. he's trying to leave. That That mm. isn't confirmed yet. But there are some difficulties around this that we as a club and Danny are encountering due to his high wages. And three-year contract, of course. He's got two yes. years left to run. So it's not just a simple thing. The rumours currently flying about um, are around Central Coast Mariners and an apparent swap deal with 
Mitch Austin, mm-hmm. who is a great young player and would be a pretty handy player to have in seeing as Costa's leaving. Very similar yeah. style of player. So that's something that's bubbling away in the and background. And that would work out quite perfectly because he moved to Melbourne originally because he wanted to be on the east east coast of Australia because he had a new kid and he wanted to be closer to the family who live in Sydney. So if he goes to to New South Wales, it might all work out quite well for all involved, including Vitri. Absolutely. The other bit of news was around the Archie contract, but we already sort of talked about that. Yeah. But a big piece of news, and we talked about the foreigner situation and everything. Well, mm-hmm. we talked about three foreigner spots being opened up, but there could be a fourth because Bessar Parish's citizenship is being sorted out as we speak. Uh, the club is aiming to have that sorted out before the start of next season. So that would, of course, open the door up for another, for another one. visa player. So if that were to happen, um, pretty good outcome for the club, I'd suggest. Yeah, geez, that's four four foreign spots to fill in an off-season, which is pretty tantalising. Yeah, and look, it's the longest off-season in world football, pretty much, I mm-hmm. think, if memory serves. So there's plenty of time for Kev and the scouts to get to it. I've got a secret, yeah, victory secret if you want, boys, by the way. Just, go I'm for it. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're well-connected with the club, aren't you, these days? Based on what, Jess? Well, you do the MC function. Obviously, I've seen you out in the ground hugging Ange Postacoglu, so <laughs> I feel like you're more connected than I am. I have it on very good authority. Yes. That Lubo Milosevic. <laughs> oh, actually, I've got a good. Why may may be uh, training again with the club with a hope to? Um, he's only going to sign a seven-year contract though. That's the thing that's holding things up at the moment. A very so. good Lubo story. <laughs> oh, here we go. I tried to get Lubo on the podcast about two months ago, two or three months ago. I thought it'd be great to have him on and have a chat about it would what be happened. Great. He'd, have a great, he'd have great stories. He'd have better, better stories than mine. <laughs> He's a so character. I've got the little Facebook exchange here because I, I do, when I try and get guests on, I try and send either Facebook messages or, or Twitter messages. So I said, hey, Lubo, my name is Jason. I run the Melbourne Victory Podcast for Vuck's sake. Uh, we've had a weekly show. and We'd love to have you on to have a chat. Um, and then he said, he replied back to me, Hey, mate, I hope you're well. Your show sounds like you could possibly have a fun take on the game and victory, but I don't really see the point expressing my views and my time there. Although I may, may entertain you a little, it's old news. To quote someone with more vis- wisdom than myself, all things must pass, George Harrison, smiley face. I love the quote, George Harrison, because I think it's really indicative of what Lubo Milosevic was and is. I like I love that he does that doesn't surprise me in terms of he's uh, some some sports uh, people just want to move on you know that was a different time in their lives and, they, and they're looking you know some people they look they don't want to look back I thought Lubo might be someone who would dwell on something like that though but you know fair play to him he I didn't just, want to be a headline that's for true. the uh, millions of listeners out there that listen to the fair podcast. play to him I'd love to get him on though one day even with just chat other stuff um, also we've had a few other people who've rejected me such as for we such as Vargas. Roddy Vargas. Roddy, Roddy Vargas. Vargas. He just never replied to me. But, um, you know, it's, it comes and goes. We have a season. It, next, next year we'll do a podcast and hopefully we'll get him on next season.
Next Tuesday, Do or Die Clash against Gamba Osaka. They're going to be bringing over a uh, less than full strength squad. Is that squad. right? Well, because they've they've um, got two points out of five matches, so they are well and truly out of the hunt. It's only Su Wong or Victory who can go through to the um, the stage, the group, the uh, advance from the group stages with Shanghai SIPG. So we've got a pretty good chance of advancing. That's ex- how exciting is that? It's huge. Well, yeah, that's, it's all that we've got left for this season. That's yeah. That's another thing to remember. But get there. Are you, or you boys will be going. Oh, of course, I'll actually be interstate, so I won't uh. be. But I'll be watching with Cabba, so we'll be there in spirit. But um, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, Gamble were completely out of the picture. That's I'm a little bit out and of you the most of Victory podcast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they'll be sending over a week inside. Well, that really well, you anticipate puts they us would. They have accrued two points out of five matches. They are well and truly out of the hunt. And how's their uh, J League campaign coming along? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't really checked that. And you host a Victory <laughs> podcast. <right>? Okay. <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah, it, this is our best chance to advance in the group stages. Ever. In our history, yeah. So this is amazing. Um, hopefully a big crowd to come out on Tuesday night. Are you a fan of Asian Champions League football, Sam? I am when, you know, when our team, when we're a chance of going through. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, a couple of years ago when West Sydney had that run, I don't know if it's, you know, blasphemy to say, but oh, it, was, it, was, it was exciting. It was great. It was infectious. To it was. Say it was yeah. like, for, you know, because you just, I know there's club rivalry, but then eventually it was like, oh, no, hold on. There's, a, there's, a, and there's an A-League team. You know, winning that competition. There is that a... element of the underdog, particularly when you consider the the vast financial differences between our league and some of those other Asian leagues. Uh, so, <laughs> that, you know, great story. That was Sydney. That final though, that just I was just reminded. Weren't yeah. there about fourteen penalties that that other team should have got? Yeah, yeah. The, the, was, the game? yeah. <laughs> That's right. And Kovic played was, a blinder as well. Was he was the player of the entire Asian Champions League, Ante Kovic. So basically, yes. you know, he was the you know main reason for their success. That's right. Let's go with a few score predictions. Dave, what do you think? Uh, well, given the circumstances mm. and given what's at stake, I think we're going to win this one. And I think it'll just be a, a 2-0 victory at home to our boys. Yeah. Sam, what do you think? Well, once again, after, after all the information... Yes. Um, 7-0. 7-0. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to be close. I'm going to say 5-0 as well. Under strength, Gamba squad. Uh, we are actually really good at home in Asia. I don't think we've lost in the last six games, extending to the last few campaigns in Asia as well. So our home form is quite good. Two which... points from five games. It would be weird if all of a sudden Gamba mm. Saka decided to put everything into this last game. With their B team as well. <laughs> Make so, no sense. Yeah. I think the other thing is that it's Del Pierre's final game for the club. And Possibly. I think, well, yeah. If they I mean, go through, he plays the round of 16. Potentially, though. isn't That's not confirmed? or uh, I just read the club article which said that he would be playing the round of 16 if we progress. Okay. So, well, you know, a loss or, you know, non-progression would, would, would result in, you know, the end of his career. So, I also, think there's a lot on the line. the last game for Barbarousas, um, possibly the last game for Archie as well, depending on what happens there. So, there's it's a, it's a lot of uh, reasons to come out if you're a victory fan as well on Definitely. Tuesday night. I'm going to leave it there. I think we'll talk about the International Champions Cup next week. It's not that interesting. Melbourne Victory are going to get probably pummeled by whoever they're playing. Oh, well, come on, mates. It's uh, Juventus and it's Atletico Madrid I think we're playing one game Tottenham. against... Are we playing one game against Tottenham? I don't know. You haven't done enough research. No. We'll talk about it next I've week. I've been on holidays, mate. Yeah, Dave, thank you for joining us once again, coming back from Nusa. It's, pleasure. Um, lovely to have you back. Sam Pang, it's been an absolute pleasure. Boys, thanks for having me. I uh, contributed nothing, but... Um, <laughs> 
Rubbish. You know, it's, uh, it was great to be here. And um, what's this, the second last one? Second last one. Next week, uh, we're going to be at Victory in Business. Are you going to be there? On Friday? Yeah. I actually am. Yes. We'll, we'll see you there. What are, you, are you doing a podcast there? You're on our table, I think. Um. <laughs> we're going to take, we're gonna take the microphone along um, and we're going to do a few interviews. I think hopefully we'll get Carl Valeri. Uh, Matt Winley's going to join us. Uh, we'll also tee up a few other ones um, on the day. So we'll just roam around with a microphone. Oh. We might even speak to you again. Uh, I'd happy to, not yeah after, not after this performance. I'm sure you don't, don't feel obliged, but I'll do I, if I do. Yeah, I'll see you on Friday at the. Yeah. the, the are you emceeing? Are you? No, is, no. I think it's a Zappers again. No, Zappers, Zappers, Zappers is, is the, he, he can control. He's got that a monopoly area. on yeah. that gig. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Zappers, he's he's just there's he's nothing quite dug like in. He lives at Crown, you know. Yeah. He lives at, on that stage wherever it is. Where are we going? Palladium. Yeah, he um he lives there like the Phantom of the Opera under the stage. You know what I mean? Like he's no, he's, no one else is going to be able to get that gig ever there, again. There's nothing quite like when he um, tells the whole room to quieten down as well. It's like an angry school teacher because everyone's talking at the tables and things like that. He, gets, he doesn't like it, does he? He gets really angry and aggressive. When you see me on Friday, I'll see you on Friday. Yeah. And if you are, if you like, I can um I'll if you need a help getting you know a, a oh, hand, yes. getting, yeah, let me know. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much. We've got to get you, uh, get you chatting to Bozza at some point, I think. Yeah. Is Bozza going to be there? I think he, so. He shows up from time to time. Bozza wants a free meal wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, Giancarlo. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. That's a brilliant place to leave it. Actually, maybe you two can introduce me to him on yeah. Friday. How's yes. that? Yeah, great. Yes. I don't think Giancarlo likes us very much, but we'll try anyway. We'll leave it there. This is for Buck's sake. Goodbye. I'm on the Buck. Lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How.